0: Welcome to the Happy Menopause podcast. I'm Jackie Lynch, registered nutritional therapist and founder of the Well 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 Nutrition Clinic, where I specialize in women's health and the menopause. There are so many ways that diet and lifestyle can help to relieve a whole range of menopause symptoms. And my new book, The Happy Menopause, Smart Nutrition to Help You Flourish is coming out soon and available to pre-order in all the usual places. In the meantime, join me and my expert guests on a journey through midlife and find out how you can have a healthy and happy menopause. Today, it's the 109th International Women's Day, when we celebrate the social, economic, cultural and political achievements of women. This year's theme is Each for Equal, pushing for gender equality in all areas, from the boardroom and the workplace to the media, sports and health arenas. It's all about getting the message out there and enabling and empowering women to make a difference to their lives. So I thought it was the perfect opportunity to interview Rachel Weiss, the founder of Menopause Cafe, a grassroots project to support women in midlife and to raise awareness in local communities. It's a truly inspirational tale of how a lightbulb moment can become a global movement. But first, I'd like to give a quick shout out to my sponsor, Silk who make it possible for me to produce this podcast. Their wonderful product can transform your intimate life because one of the midlife symptoms we don't often talk about is vaginal dryness. It can be a real problem during the perimenopause and the menopause causing itching, discomfort and painful sex. So I'd like to say a big thank you to them, not just for supporting this podcast, but for offering a gentle and natural solution for women with vaginal dryness. Silk's plant-based formula is made in New Zealand with kiwi vine gum extract, which is a natural lubricant. It's water-based and pH-friendly so that it gently soothes vaginal dryness and irritation, helping you rediscover your love life. It's available at all chemists and off the shelf in larger Boots stores. Visit silk.sylk.co.uk to order your free sample. And so on to today's episode. I'm delighted to be joined by Rachel Weiss, accredited counsellor, coach and entrepreneur, plus full-on menopause champion. Her work has made a tangible difference to women in midlife when she was inspired to start Menopause Cafe after watching a TV programme about the menopause in 2017. It's taken off in a big way, expanding across the UK and a whole range of other countries, helping to support women in local communities. She's also founded the annual Menopause Festival, a celebration of women in midlife, which features everything from health and well-being workshops, arts and crafts activities, and midlife-themed cabaret and stand-up comedy. Let's find out more about this incredibly dynamic woman. Welcome to the Happy Menopause, Rachel. Well, oh, thank you, Jackie. Well, I'm really interested to hear what you've got to say because there's a lot of interesting work that's going on at your end. But before we plunge into all of that, what I'd really like you to do is just tell the listeners your story, a little bit about your background, uh, what sort of work you do, and how you first of all got involved in the work that you're doing.
1: Okay. Well, my day job is I'm a counsellor and a coach, so a psychotherapist type of counsellor. Right. And I got into that because originally I was a school teacher. Oh, what did you teach? I taught mathematics and computing. So oh, how interesting. <laughs> not, not an obvious leap. Yeah. Okay. So That's a big change then. It was because I, as I went into teaching after studying maths and computing, because I realised I liked working with people. And the more I taught, the more I felt ill-equipped to deal with both the kids and their parents' emotional needs, their queries. And I thought, I'll go off and do some counselling training just to become a better teacher. I had no idea it would end up being my profession. And so then I gradually shifted my work from teaching into counselling full-time. 'Cause that gave me the same satisfaction without needing to bother about teaching them algebra.
0: And was it a particular type of counselling or general? Was there an area of interest for you?
1: It was general. I went and did a diploma well, humanistic was the type of counselling. I mean this is about twenty five years ago. Yeah, we just counselled the person, really. And then I moved from Edinburgh where I was working in a GP surgery to Perth where there were no counselling jobs. So that's why I set up Rowan Consultancy, which is still going today I see as a counselling agency.
0: Okay, right. And so that's a thriving counselling agency. But despite being super busy, I imagine that somehow wasn't enough for you because you moved on to become a a menopause champion. So how did that come about? And what inspired you?
1: Rowan and the counselling was more than enough for about 20 years. But then I think it was actually when the kids left home that I had a little bit more time and energy. Right. And also because I was, I think I was 50 at the time, and I watched a TV programme, Menopause and Me, a Kirsty Walk documentary on the BBC. And that was in February 2017, Jackie. So that triggered me. I thought, ooh, she's saying the average age for menopause in the UK is 51. I'm going to be turning 51 in a few months. Maybe I should get interested in this. And the other thing she said was that people don't talk about it.
0: That is very true.
1: Yeah, I thought that's funny. All my friends who are a bit older than me had talked about kids endlessly when I didn't have kids. And had talked about their boyfriends and husbands endlessly, it felt, when I didn't have one. But they really hadn't been talking at all about menopause. And I'd been running death cafes for a while, where people gather to drink tea, eat cake and talk about death and dying. That's, that's a worldwide movement.
0: I hadn't heard of Death Cafe until I was looking into menopause cafe is it like a bereavement type event or
1: it's not I mean you might get bereaved people there but it's far broader than that it's just for anyone who wants to talk about death and dying oh yeah I mean it's not a bereavement support group I think that's quite important if someone came who was particularly fragile they they might find it useful they might not but you get all sorts i just turned up because I was interested in what music do I want to play at my funeral someone else talks about their bucket list before they die or oh I see People talk about the sister dying or what do they believe happens after death. I mean, you, bereavement oh. does crop up, but it's it's more general than that. Oh, how interesting. OK, so then that was a bit of an inspiration for you. Well, because that John Underwood had started the Death Cafe movement with his mum, Sue Barksy Reed in London. Right. About, I think, seven years ago. And it's a social franchise model where there's some rules on how to run one and anyone can then pick it up and run it. So I picked it up and run the Perth Death Cafe. Oh, OK. And as I was idly watching this TV programme with Kirsty Walk, I just turned to my husband and said, hmm, do you think anyone would be interested in menopause cafe? You know, like a death cafe, but just a different taboo topic.
0: Just an amazing light bulb moment there, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it would have stayed as just one of those crazy ideas, you know, <laughs> you just have in front of the telly sometimes. Except I put it on the Rowan Consultancy Facebook page. That's our counselling business.
0: Ah, okay. And what happened?
1: Well, it was one of our most popular posts ever. All I said was that same thing. <laughs> Did you see the Kirsty Walk program on menopause? Do you think anyone would be interested in a menopause cafe? like a death cafe but different topic and so many people Jackie's liked it and said yeah I'd come and crucially two women Gail Jack and Lorna Fotheringham said we'll help you run it oh my goodness uh, so then I, I kind of felt I had to do it do you know when you have a crazy idea and people say yes yes absolutely so how did you get started I mean what,
0: what were the challenges
1: Well, we needed to find a venue, but we already had Blend Coffee Lounge in Perth, which um, had hosted the death cafe. So that was fairly easy. I then had these two volunteers who said they'd help. So really, all we had to do was publicize it. I think that was the main challenge, Hmm. let people know it was going to happen. And then we ended up sitting in the coffee lounge on a June evening, going, I wonder if anyone else is going to turn up or not.
0: And had the cafe closed? Were you having it to yourself?
1: Yes, we. that's what we do with the death cafes too. The, this particular cafe shuts either at five or at six each evening. right? And then we have it from six till eight. And they're very good. They don't charge us because they hope to make enough money in takings in people who turn up buying tea and coffee and cake.
0: So what happened?
1: So we got about 25 people, which was amazing, including yeah. two men. We weren't sure if, if men would turn up or not. So that was great. And we just said, welcome. And how did you structure it? The same as Death Cafe. Just one of us, I think it was me, popped up and said, hey, guys, welcome. First ever Menopause Cafe. Um, they, they were sitting in cafe tables, you know, four or five people around a table. And we said the, the main rule is don't try and sell anything or any course of action. Just chat about what you're interested in or what's worked for you um don't don't tell anyone else what they should do ask your questions tell your stories and we suggest you just start by going around the small table saying who you are and why you're here and then see where the conversation goes Um, and then at the end one of the other volunteers popped up and said thanks all for coming It's a group directed discussion we don't set the agenda people talk about whatever they want to do
0: And isn't that great? Because actually, what you've got there is something that's still quite intimate. So people don't feel yes. they've got to share it with the entire group of twenty-five people, mm. but just with their little table, which already feels more intimate and and easier, perhaps a safer space. Yes.
1: Easier and safer because anxiety, as you'll know, is a symptom of the menopause. So some of the people who turn up, if they're menopausal women, can can mm. be feeling quite anxious about coming in. And it's all right to yes. just sit and listen, but inevitably, eventually, they they do chip in because it's it's a small yes, enough space.
0: Great. And of course, a really interesting way of bringing in people who come on their own as well, so that mm. you don't feel that you've got to turn up with a friend if you want to just pop up. No. No,
1: most people come mm. on their own. Some some come with a friend. But generally, mm. if you've got a friend who wants to talk about menopause, you're probably talking about it anyway. It It is more Absolutely. aimed at people who don't have anyone.
0: So yeah. what happened next? I mean, obviously, that, that sounds like a really positive start. But I know now we're sort of up to the third year of Menopause Cafe and it's grown immensely. So yeah. can you talk to the listeners a little bit about what happened and how it grew?
1: Well, we gave everyone feedback sheets after that first one. And to our surprise, a lot of them said, when's the next one? And we hadn't really thought beyond the, you know, you just have an idea and think, let's try it and see if it works. Yeah. So when they said, when's the next one, we thought, hmm, that's a good question. So we scheduled another one for October, I think a few months later. And yeah. then we asked John Underwood, who'd started Death Cafe, look, could we use your model? Um, my husband kindly popped up a web page and we got this social franchise model, which means that anyone can pick it up and run it. So so we were running them in Perth and then someone from Edinburgh, I think, in November said, can I run one? We said, sure, as long as you follow our principles, that it's open to everyone, regardless of age and gender. Um, and that you're not trying to direct anyone to any particular course of action, then, Yeah do it so yeah we popped up the website and i think started a facebook page maybe tweeted at that point and just sat back and waited for volunteer hosts so where where are you up
0: to now i know there's there are a lot out there
1: i think we've had about 350 cafes now um in all the four regions of the uk or nations. so that's northern ireland wales scotland and england and also in Republic of Ireland, Toronto, Nairobi and Copenhagen. So it's kind of, oh, and the USA. So, yeah, about 350 and we reckon about 3,500 people have attended.
0: So you've gone global.
1: We have. We are aiming at global <laughs> domination. And quite right too. So how did that yeah. happen?
0: How did people from Nairobi find you?
1: I think it was just the internet, you know, social media. I don't really know, but we've got quite a thriving Facebook page where we pop up articles on the menopause and opinions and things. And, well, you know what it's like. It can spread anywhere that way. Or it could have been Twitter or Instagram. Yes,
0: that is the benefit of, of social mm.
1: media, of course.
0: That's, it's about three years. Well, actually, yes, a good three years now. So
1: have there been any surprises along the way or common themes or issues that you find come up at the cafe? The most common feedback we get from people is they say, now I know I'm not alone. And the other one is now I know I'm not going mad. So that's quite touching, really, that there are so many women out there feeling isolated, alone and wondering if they're going mad. And of course, a cafe cannot help people with their symptoms, but it can ease the isolation. Absolutely. And and that notion of a shared experience, I think, is so important.
0: Because one of the things I find very frustrating as a healthcare practitioner is that there is so much information out there about pregnancy. And the reality is that not every woman gets pregnant. Not every woman has a child. Mm. Every woman goes through the menopause, and yet there's this dearth of information. So that, of course, when the weird symptoms start, because while women might assume it's going to be a hot flush or lighter periods, if you're the person who's hit with the anxiety or the loss of confidence or the brain fog, as you've just described, you you can easily think you're going mad or start to panic about things like early onset Alzheimer's. When actually, it's a menopause, and no
1: one's told you. No, that was me. I, I started having menopausal brain fog, but I didn't realise it, and my periods were still happening, so I thought, well, it can't be menopause, but I hadn't even heard of perimenopause the years leading up to menopause, and it was quite a relief to discover it was probably menopausal brain fog, not early dementia.
0: Well, no, exactly. I had the same issue, actually. I, I felt very cheated, I must say, when, when instead of getting sort of lighter and further apart, like Life sort of turned into one long period at one stage. And uh, it's 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 no fun. It's exhausting when all of this is going on. And it's just such a relief, I think, to reach out and to know that there are other people who are having this. It is not you alone. Because there's no one size fits all with the menopause. That's the thing. And so if your best friend is having um, the hot flushes and you're not, you're having something else, although it's still great to connect, isn't it even greater to connect with someone who's having the same issue as you and, as you say, can share, share tips and just feel better about it? I do also think that in the last couple of years, we have seen an improvement in terms of information that's out there online. There are some very good websites now. There are some very good active um, social media sites as well. But I think there's still an enormous gap between that and the sort of everyday experience of a lot of women. And this is what's rather nice because it's coming into your community because not everyone uses social media apart from anything else. Yeah, and particularly things
1: like joint pain or vaginal dryness or, you know, things that people don't always know about. Yeah. It's quite good for them to realise. I mean, there is information out there on the internet. We've got a list of of useful websites on our site. But I think there's something good about hearing stories from other people who are ahead of you. It feels quite basic. Yeah, it's like sitting around the fire telling stories.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's a brilliant thing, because the more we can bring it into the mainstream, the more we can share that information so it's not something that happens behind closed doors, the, the better supported everyone is.
1: That's why the cafe and also face-to-face works better for some people. And there are online forums too. And also into the workplace, people run menopause cafes at work, which is really important, because imagine you're, you know, a manager in your 30s, a male manager in your 30s, and your team member comes and says, menopause, you know, can I wear a cotton shirt instead of a nylon one or have a fan? The poor bloke has probably never said the word menopause in his life and may have no idea what are reasonable adjustments, what are the range of symptoms. So when I love it when they hold menopause cafes in the workplace and men and women of all ages turn up and tell their stories and ask questions and just learn a bit more. Um, And sometimes that leads on to them providing management training, having a menopause policy, whatever.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And just knowing that there's there's support out there can make a huge difference, I think.
1: Mm -hmm. And if it can just lose all stigma, like pregnancy, I believe has no stigma anymore. I imagine maybe decades ago, again, male managers might get embarrassed talking about pregnancy with an employee. So we kind of want to get menopause on the same footing. It's different for every woman. Some will sail through, no problem. I think about one in five sail through with no troublesome symptoms. But another one in five get pretty much disabled by it, and the rest of us are somewhere in between. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why things like your podcast are so good, I think, for reaching more and more people so they can find out what the symptoms are and what their options
0: are. Well, thank you very much. That's very nice to hear. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason I did it, actually, because I, uh, like it or not, it is still quite a private concern for a lot of women. And the nice thing about podcasts is that you can listen to them discreetly and learn things without anyone knowing what you're listening to, um, which is, I think, a great thing. And hopefully that can then build people's confidence up so that they then feel able to come to some kind of event like the Menopause Cafe, because it's all about stages and doing what you're comfortable with.
1: Absolutely. Some people say, oh, why are you telling us we must all talk about our menopause? We're not. (laughs) We just want to create a safe space where you can talk about it. And that might give some of the men and women who turn up the courage to then mention menopause at work or at home
0: or yeah, in other places. exactly right. But you've been building on that.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. You asked what were the surprises. Um, yeah, some of the people asked for – they did need information and they did want, say, a talk from a medic or a talk on how to change your diet and nutrition or exercise. You know, they wanted information. So as well as menopause cafes, we now once a year run the world's only menopause festival. Uh, If you Google Menopause Festival, we are the only people who crop up. And that is a wonderful mix of information, but also fun. They're creative workshops, poetry, sculpture, creative writing, comedy, cabaret nights. It's just a good event.
0: Okay, let's just unpack that again, because there's a lot in there. Menopause Festival. First of all, what an amazing title. Let's put the words menopause and festival together. I can't think of anything better. And I know that on social media, you call it Flush Fest, which I think is also brilliant.
1: That's our hashtag. It's,
0: it's great because even if you don't have hot flushes, everyone knows what a Flush Fest is.
1: Unless they're American. And the USA people told us, why are you saying flush? Doesn't that mean toilets? Because so, they call them hot flashes.
0: They do. You're quite right. Yeah, okay. Well, so, yeah,
1: cultural difference.
0: I'll bear that in mind when I'm doing the hashtags. So, yeah.
1: it's an enormous
0: undertaking because I imagine that Menopause Cafe is already keeping you incredibly busy. So, what actually was the inspiration for
1: creating something
0: as, as big and all-consuming as the Menopause Festival?
1: Well, we didn't want it to be all doom and gloom. That is the danger. We, we wanted to be fun and to use the arts. I mean, we must've been slightly mad as well, Jackie, to, to do it because none of us had ever organized an event and we're all doing menopause cafe work in our spare time on top of our day job. So yeah, it's crazy. But like I said, I've got a bit more time on my hands. Now the kids are gone. Um, and also we're motivated. We want to help other other people learn more about this and break break the taboo and have some fun. So I've learned loads of new skills from doing it. It's not all selfless. Mm. And so have my committee members. We, we've taken up different types of exercise. We now know a bit more about how to organise an event from our mistakes.
0: Tell me about the first one. You know, What were the big challenges? Were there any mistakes that you've made or that you've learned from that you're changing as you move forward?
1: The first one was in 2018. We just did three afternoons, three Saturday afternoons, a few weeks apart, which was Probably a good place to start, keeping it small and manageable. Um, We had a choir one time. uh, Deborah Salem, who runs choirs, did a fantastic piece, changing the words to I Will Survive (laughs) and Hot Stuff. I think she changed to Hot Flush and just got us all singing. Excellent menopause-related words. Anthems from the 70s and 80s. So that was great. And then we had an image consultant coming because, you know, when your hair goes gray, sometimes the colors of makeup or – Clothes it used to suit you, don't anymore. Or if your body shape, some women's bodies get larger in menopause and they have to rethink their clothing. So that was good. And we had a GP talking and doing Q&A. So that all went well, actually. Sounds like a great combination. We want to just appeal to everyone yeah. that it's not just a dull talk you go to. and There is a serious side to menopause, but let's just celebrate it too. And why not get it mentioned in plays and talks and books? I mean, you'd think it had never happened until 20 years ago. If you listen to, to the radio and TV, it never got mentioned before.
0: So what about last year's?
1: Um, last year, we had Gusset Grippers, uh, who is a fabulous comedian, Elaine Miller. Ah, oh, isn't she just? Uh, currently touring in yes. Australia. A little plug for it, Elaine Miller and Gusset Grippers. So she does stand-up comedy in the Edinburgh Festival every year.
0: Yes, because she's also a women's health physiotherapist, isn't she?
1: Yep, that's right. So she's very enthusiastic about how if we do our pelvic floor muscles, then we don't need to be incontinent. And we, we can then exercise and do things.
0: Some people might have seen her on BBC Breakfast when they did Menopause Week that's last it. year. And uh, I remember her, her mantra yeah. is, you won't pee with the 10-10-3, which is her range of pelvic floor exercises. So uh, it's, you know, you say it often enough, you remember it, and that's important.
1: It is. And another thing we don't talk about Is stress and confidence. Um, So that's when we first introduced comedy. last. And last year we had it on a weekend. So Elaine was on the Saturday night. And then we had, again, GP Talks, a photography workshop and a creative writing workshop. And somebody flew over from the States to talk about her menopause book, Menopause and Martinis. That was Kelly Jakes. And so she gave a bit of good USA kind of positive thinking and had us all standing up chanting go menopause which was very good for us slightly more um, yes. reserved brits shall we say so and we had a journalist from germany coming across to write up the festival so yeah it was good fun
0: okay that sounds great so the biggest yeah. so far is coming up and I, I i obviously have an inside track on that because i'm thrilled to be speaking at it as well but um tell us all about this year's plan
1: well, it stars the amazing Jackie Lynch <laughs> talking about nutrition in the menopause, you know his, <laughs> the, the key attraction. And then backing her up, we've got Sam Bunch, who's written a book on the menopause just by interviewing women and writing down their stories. Dr. Heather Curry, who's ex-chair of the British Menopause Society. She's doing the medic slot.
0: Brilliant. I've heard her speak before. She's excellent.
1: She's good. I don't know if you've seen her website, yes, I Jackie have. Menopause Matters. It is. It's excellent that's a good source of information. Email her in and ask questions. So that's Jackie. Oh, the Friday afternoon is always a seminar for HR professionals. So we hope that they'll get sent by work because it's menopause at work on the Friday afternoon. It's about right. menopause policies. There's an employment lawyer speaking. There'll be a bit of theatre based on Croydon Council, menopause women. So Friday afternoon is mainly for people in the workplace. Right. And then there'll be cabaret on friday night with the silver sisters oh that Um, sounds good it will be good and then you'll run your workshop on the saturday with heather curry and sam bunch and there'll be a poetry workshop and a sculpture workshop and then we'll finish on a saturday night with stand-up comedy and erotic storytelling not quite sure what that will be but it sounds good (laughs) (laughs) it sounds amazing it is amazing I must say. So people can book for all those events or just for just the Saturday daytime and Saturday evening or whatever combination they want.
0: Oh, that's good to know. So you could commit to the entire two days if you wanted, but equally you can do it in a bit of a modular way depending on what your um, schedule
1: allows. That's right.
0: Mm, Excellent.
1: So give us the dates. It's the bank holiday weekend, Friday, May the 29th and Saturday, May the 30th in Perth in Scotland.
0: Right. So what better thing to do then go up to Bonnie Scotland for the bank holiday weekend. I think it's an excellent opportunity. What does the future hold, do you think? I mean, you you mentioned world domination for Menopause Cafe. Obviously, the Menopause Festival is still in its early days. But what are your ambitions? Where do you want to take this?
1: Well, we want more men to attend so that it's not just seen as a women-only issue. It's like everyone needs to know about the menopause, just some basic facts. So we'd like to increase the percentage of men at menopause cafes. It's currently gone up from 1% to 2%. We'd like menopause cafes to be hosted in more countries, so we need more volunteer hosts to do that. If any of your listeners want to host a menopause cafe, it's just a one-off event. Um, If they go to our website, there's a guide how to run a menopause cafe. So more men, more countries, and Eventually, our long term aim is to be redundant. (laughs) There's no need for a menopause cafe because it's an acceptable, ordinary topic of conversation. But I think that will take a while.
0: It will. But isn't it a great ambition to have? Excellent. So anyone who's been inspired by this and who would like to run their own menopause cafe, they can contact you via your website. What's the best thing to do?
1: Yeah, if you go to www.menopausecafe.net, so menopausecafé.net. And on there, there's a guide how to run your own menopause cafe. There's also a short video we've made. And then you, because it's a social franchise, you just have to sign up to the working agreement. There's no money involved. It's all free. If you want to have a chat with one of us or someone who's run one before, we're really happy to do that and talk you through it. Or you might just feel confident enough to get on with it. Then you just need a venue, a cafe that's happy to host you. We recommend you have a friend to do it with you so you're not on your own. It works better that way. And that's pretty much it. Then you have to publicize it. But we'll give you template posters. We can send you a press release. Things like that.
0: Great. So there is some support there in the background to help them with the, the sort of structure and the logistics side of things.
1: Yeah. And you don't need to know anything about the menopause to host a menopause cafe. You just need to Great. have some people skills and be comfortable yeah. talking okay. in front of a group, um, doing the intro, doing the ending. But you're not an expert. It's not about giving a talk and it's not a support group. So we tried to make it quite simple.
0: Yes. Well, it sounds amazing. It really does. So I will put a link to the Menopause Cafe website on the show notes on the podcast page of my website, along with links as well to the Menopause Festival, Brilliant. so that everybody knows where to go and how to buy a ticket. So before we wrap up, Rachel, I, I ask all my guests this. From all the things you've learned through your counselling work, because you. I'm sure you've picked up some things along the way there as well, um, plus, of course, the, the expertise via the cafe and the festival, what would your two, top two tips be for women going through the menopause?
1: Get informed. So either read up on the web or, or go to the British Menopause Society website to find your nearest specialist doctor, whether it's NHS or private. So, so don't suffer in silence. Find out what's out there. Be open-minded, I think, because I came in going, oh, I won't need hormones and why on earth would I take them? And uh, I'm still not, but I might. So be open-minded. The more I've learnt, the more I've realized that different things work for different people. Heck, I've even taken mm. up running. I mean, I hated PE at school. But the more I've I've learnt about how we need to look after our bones as we get older. So, yeah, I think get informed and be open-minded. Um, don't expect a quick fix. That's
0: too incredibly valuable pieces of advice so i leave that with the listeners to think on rachel this has been absolutely brilliant it's been great talking to you i wish you every success with your ambitions for menopause Cafe. <laughs> may it become redundant once you've had yeah. global domination of course <laughs> thanks very much for joining me today
1: oh it's been a pleasure chatting with you jackie I look forward to seeing you at the festival in i
0: may. can't wait bye for now so how about it Do you fancy setting up your own menopause cafe? It could be a lifesaver for women in your local community. Or if that sounds too much, come and join us at the Menopause Festival. It's going to be a blast. If you want to find out more about Rachel, the Menopause Cafe or the Menopause Festival, visit the show notes on the podcast page of my website, well-well-well.co.uk, where you'll find all the relevant links. Tune in next month to hear my conversation with former Team GB Rower and women's health and fitness expert, Baz Moffitt, and find out the best way for you to exercise in midlife. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do leave a star rating and a review on Apple iTunes or whichever platform you listen on. It makes a huge difference to the visibility of the podcast and really helps to spread the word. Because every woman deserves to have a happy menopause. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.